the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager with Julie Hartman, and it is known as Dennis and Julie. We did not spend a lot of money on figuring out the name of our podcast. Dennis and Julie is not, shall we say, some original hey, <laughs> uh, name. A conventional name is better than a bad name. It's It's probably even better than any name because it's what it is. It's Dennis and Julie. But... It is what it is, and I like it. By the way, maybe we should call this the uh, Messy Desk Podcast, because we right now have three spoons, two rubber bands, a Wall Street Journal article, uh, a lot of papers, and pen ink. I just want you to understand, folks, we're working with three other men and myself. Yes, There's men. one female in the entire operation, and that is the reason this was even noted. Men can live in a mess. It's one of our great traits. Great traits. Great traits. Why? Why is it a great trait, Because Dennis? we know the ultimately important things in life. Sports, women, uh, and fountain pens. Yes, exactly. And... and Okay, let's uh, let's continue. But it is it is fascinating. It is true that it would take a woman to have noted what a mess it was. Generally speaking, a guy who would note what a mess it was is usually gay. Which is uh, for those watching on the left, it is not an insult. It's not intended as an insult. It is not even an insult. It is just it's a compliment, actually. Yes, exactly correct. Yep. It's a a given. What I will say before we move on from this is I love working with men. I had actually a uh, leftist relative, female relative in my life, tell me that she loves working for men more than she likes working for women. For women. (laughs) Did it it bother her? Women. I'm sorry? Did did her her self-observation bother her? No, actually, she said she acknowledged, she said, look, I I know that this may be an unexpected comment from me and I probably shouldn't say this, but, but working for men is so much better than working for women. Okay. I'm very happy you said this. It's true. Look, it's true. Um, No, I'm happy for other reasons, which we'll get to on another (laughs) broadcast. Each sex has its big issues and its big advantages. That is why it's a, the ideal is a male female bond. They bring different things to the table. I am determined to be a good female boss one day. I don't want to succumb to the moodiness or the favoritism that most female bosses exhibit. 
I'm going to be the anomaly. Good. It's a beautiful. It's actually a beautiful aspiration. Good luck. <laughs> no, no. I, I didn't mean good luck in, in the sense it'll never happen. Men are easier to work with. That is correct. Because you're not moody. I don't. It's an interesting question. Why? There are men who are moody. When I come into work every day. But I don't know if day, they bring their mood to the office. I know what I'm getting every single day with you and with them. That's All, right. Every day they're yes. the same. That's a great way of putting it. Okay, it's a great subject. Well, we did an intense amount of male-female in yeah, the last one. So we'll I have a, uh, a big one that you raised with me off the air, and it struck a chord in me because of my son. So I have two sons, you know, but not everybody listening or watching knows. And my younger son, his, uh, his mom, my ex-wife who has since passed away, we adopted him at birth. Literally the day he was born, we adopted him. We did not know that his birth mother was a meth addict. And that... Uh, played a role in his life, and he became addicted to alcohol and, 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 and some drugs, and, and, and it was bad. It was a bad scene. It was a tragic scene. And thank God, and I, I don't know what else to say other than thank God, because this was right before fentanyl started killing so many young people. Including uh, a friend of mine who's had a spectacular son and just poof, fentanyl did it. To the son. Yes, to the son, yeah. Anyway, so my son is fine. He's sober. So he said to me a very interesting thing because I I have never been addicted and I had to learn and I learned an immense amount. You know what his biggest fear when he was becoming sober and he used, he actually used this term. And then when you raised it just recently, it really triggered this memory. He said, it's hard for me to believe that there is such a thing as sober fun. I, I picture sobriety as boring, basically. I'm, I'm now putting words in his mouth. And I realize that represents a lot of people, not just addicts. The thought that if you're sober, or, and in the broadest sense, exercise self-control, you'll have a boring life. Uh, let me give one example, and then I, obviously I want you to explain to people why you raised the term with me independently of my son. So people think the following. I remember so vividly in high school and in college, especially college, I would say college, and and. You know, my peers would say to me, oh, man, huh, you think sex is, is something? You try it on, on with, when you're high. And I swear to God, I remember my reaction. Wait a minute. Sex is not exciting enough? You need a high? And that's when it, uh, my eyes were opened to this eternal search for the more exciting. So what prompted you to raise that term? So I want to set the context 
first for the audience. I was over at Dennis's house last week uh, to have dinner with Dennis and his wife, Sue, and Robert Florzak, who I had on Timeless. He's this he's so interesting he totally he can make anything interesting correct. that is correct by the way shameless plug for the uh what's the what's the episode called sean the art of art right we i had robert on and i just asked him what are five paintings that you think everyone my age should know and we just talked about art no politics it was great anyway i was over at dennis's house and before dinner we uh were sitting by your computer or actually, I came over to your computer to see what you were doing. And Dennis was on the internet looking at fountain pen colors. Remember that? Inks. 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 That's right. Inks. Sorry. And it was so – it was marvelous, I have to say. The most beautiful colors of ink. What's the website called so people can look at it if oh, they want? Oh, anywhere. Just put in fountain pen inks and anything will come up. And I, I – just I don't know. I, I wanted to see what he was doing, and I pulled up a, a chair, and we were there for an hour, just looking at at uh, the beautiful array of colors uh, of the the ink. And then you showed we we moved on into music, and then you showed me who's that that what the um, young pianist. Oh, you, Wang. Oh my gosh, this this young pianist. It's first of all One sensational, of the pianists. and second of all, she's a hoot. She goes uh, into these concerts and wears these like mini skirts, Tr- truly mini. Yeah. So anyway, we were just it was really really fun, and I turned to Dennis in the middle of it and I said, "My God, you really embody sober fun," and I said, "I don't know if I've really mastered having sober fun." And it's something that I've been trying to work on. Obviously, I just graduated from college uh, about a year ago. And in college, there was no such thing as sober fun. I mean, anytime you were having fun, you were out at a party drunk. Actually, I'm going to amend that statement. I did. Act, I, have a, I had a lot of sober fun in my uh, suite with my roommates on a regular school night. But when you blocked off time to have fun on the weekends it was all it always involved drinking and when i graduated from college i i even though i'm unlike aaron thankfully i'm i'm not an addict i worried if if i was going to be able to find sober fun because college was just a drinking palooza um and i will say sometimes it's hard because for me at least drinking helps me relax especially because I'm very hard on myself and I always have that voice in my head that's saying, you're not working hard enough, you're not doing this, or you messed this up. So drinking helps me quell that voice. But then I look at you and you're totally relaxed when you're looking at fountain pen ink. And I just, I kind of marveled at it because you have trained your brain to find relaxation without the help of a substance. Our listeners know that we represent two very different generations. One comes from a time of the American dream, and the other comes from a time where few Americans believe it's possible anymore. But the American dream is still possible, and investing makes it easier. That's why I'm excited to introduce you to our friends at Monorail.com, America's investment app. The investment app is made by patriots for patriots. Monorail loves America, and they're true conservatives who will help you invest in companies that love America, too. They take the guesswork out of investing. Link your bank account to the secure Monorail app 
and start investing with as little as $5. Monorail offers fractional shares in high-priced stocks, so you can be a big player without the big price tag. It only costs $3 a month or save money and pay just $17.76 a year. Catch that? seventeen seventy-six. I told you they love America. Pro-investment, pro-American money movement, and pro-American dreams. Go to monorail.com, download the app today, or go to monorail.com to get started. Was that an adequate <laughs> context giving? That was terrific. So I, this is a, I got to thank you. Because you have given me a really big topic to discuss on my happiness hour. Oh, it's huge. And in general, sober fun. I want you to know, though, uh, I don't take a lot of credit for it. I wish I could. My nature never sought to escape life to have fun. I've had so much fun in life that the thought that I needed some artificial ingredient to make it fun it didn't even occur to me it actually occurred if it if it was raised i thought what are you talking about i, I mean I, I was when i was in college and, and 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 after college and i would hear these lines from my peers oh man sex with uh with um you know with marijuana or heroin or what i don't i don't know what whatever drug or drunk or and I would think, what do you, you I, I just thought, it wasn't a noble thought. It was not, did not come from my superego. It came from my ego or, or my, my id. And I just said, what? To myself or sometimes I may have even said, you got to be kidding. Sex is not enough fun. You need an additive, uh, uh, whether it's alcohol or, or, uh, or marijuana. I, I, it would blow my mind. But putting, obviously, sex aside... It's true for everything, and you opened my mind, and 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 it made me think of another memory. Uh, a dear friend of mine, this was many years ago, when I was the director of this institute that brought me out to California in my twenties. So there were some issues at this institute. There was a lot of tension with, between me and the board of directors, and he came into my office and he saw me looking through my stamp collection, one of my many many hobbies. And, and he said to my other friend, other very close friend, I really envy Dennis. His ability to tune out with hobbies. It's amazing. I wish I had it. And I thought, when you have something, you assume everybody has it. People with perfect pitch think everybody has their perfect pitch. It, it, what comes to us naturally, we assume comes to everybody naturally. Obviously, I've lived long enough to know that that is a sort of gift in my nature because hobbies have played such a role in my happiness, and that's my drug, in, in effect. That's my tune-out from the world is my hobbies. And so I I have to ask, is it available to everybody? You You acted like, oh, it's an achievement of mine. I think it is. Yeah, but I don't think of it as an. Achievement. I know you don't. I could see that when I when I said that to you as we were looking through the the ink, you kind of had a moment where you were like, "Oh yeah, huh? I guess I do have sober fun." In other words, you just right again, you didn't even consider it to be something of note. But you, but um, I think it is. I, I do, and and maybe it's not for for those in in your generation, but certainly in my generation, we 
there are not many people. I we were just I was just talking about this with uh, Seb Gorka recently on on his show that we don't have hobbies. That's right. Sober hobbies. That, that, no, that's the that's right. I am now going to call hobbies sober fun. So that's what it is. It's that's sober what fun. they are. And you know, and this is something that I need to work on. You are, even though you you uh, joke that you're not, and I hope you're joking because it's ridiculous that you would ever think this. You joke that you're lazy. You work very hard, and you work all the time. But what I admire about you is, as you said to me recently, you take a vacation every day. Mm-hmm. You you take an hour or two guilt free, and you look right. at audio equipment, or you you know play with your camera, or you look at the inks. And I can't do that. I feel guilty when I take an hour to chill. And so, what the reason why, um, at least for me, that I have sometimes. Uh, you know, wanted to have a glass of wine to to relax is because, again, the glass of wine shuts up the voice in my head that's telling me, that's saying to me, really, you're, you know, taking an hour break right now. In this hour, you could be researching XYZ for your show. Um, but But what I have realized in the past few months, as you know, I'm really, really trying right now, especially while I'm still young in my early 20s, I'm really trying to develop good habits. Because I know if I do the work to develop them now, later in life, it will pay dividends. But I'm realizing that I need to work hard. It it sounds paradoxical because relaxation shouldn't require hard work. But I need to work hard to allow myself to relax without having the substance handicap me. And that's what the substance does. It, it it's actually a, an apt um, verb I used. I handicap myself because then I think, oh, well, I'm a little tipsy. I couldn't have done work anyway, so might as well just have fun now. That explains a lot. Yeah. So Sean is asking in my uh, earphones, have social media played a role in killing hobbies? Oh, of course. There's no question I, I didn't think of that, but there's no question. I mean, I was not the only kid my age who had hobbies. It, it was it was a given. Kid, kids would, I mean, my, my brother, he loved building, uh, you know, scale model ships or airplanes, where you put pieces together and glued them together. Uh, my my grandson is is huge on on fishing. He, he that's a sober. That's sober fun for him. And it's not digital fun. That's another thing that I admire about your choice of sober fun. I mean, yes, you were looking online at Fountain Yeah, but Panic. it's not digital. It's not, it's not a video game. It's not a video thing. Right. And, and you, you love photography, even your audio equipment. You sit there in the room with your eyes closed and just listen for hours to the extent. By the way, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I think I cut you no, off. No, no, not at all. Go on. But I'll just say that that the extent to which people my age have hobbies, most of them are digital. M- men play video games, for instance, with with other um, right. men. That's right. I Even my hobby, and I kind of hate that I'm calling this a hobby, but Real Housewives is my way of relaxing. That's a TV show. That's not great. I well, have it's a not non- bad either. No, no, no. Tuning out with nonsense is fine. I mean, you work so hard, you deserve it. I, it it's a non-issue. But it's not a hobby. That is correct. I think that that there is another factor, and you're going to love this because I know you didn't think of this, and I didn't even think of this till now. 
So here it goes. The, the amount of homework given to kids today oh, totally. doesn't allow for hobbies. Oh, God. It's all damn, and I emphasize damn, school. One of the reasons I developed as well as I have in, in, in a number of areas, and in talking now intellectually, I forget you know, character that people will assess for themselves, but is that I did no homework in high school, which blows people's minds. I did, I, I mean, literally none. But I'll tell you what I did do. I, I started to teach myself Russian. I taught myself music. I, I mean, I, I learned from a teacher how to read music and how to play an instrument, but I, I taught myself a lot more and learned so well how to, that I could read orchestral scores and ultimately conduct orchestras. Anyway, I did what I wanted. I went to bookstores in Manhattan from Brooklyn, and I just looked at book and book and book. I, I developed, and I had all these hobbies in the electronics world. My big hobby was shortwave radio. We've never even talked about that. I listened to foreign broadcasts and wrote them letters and got back mail. I got mail from Congo. I'll never forget when the Congo came. Dennis Prager, 1725 East 27th Street, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. I was so excited. I looked at it. Oh, I bet. Oh, and Radio Moscow. Uh, 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 I'm getting such a thrill. That sounds so fun. It it was total fun. I had so much fun in high school. I I can't tell you. But, uh, uh, But the reason was I didn't take high school seriously. You can almost not do both of them. What hobbies can you have if you're doing three hours of homework? Three hours. I did like seven hours. You, are of you home. serious? Oh yes. Oh yes. Wait. What time did you get home? Five o'clock. And six you would o'clock? work till midnight. Totally. Past to two or three a.m. Every single oh, you, all right, day. I, and you were not exceptional in doing that. No, I mean, I, and I I went to a very academically rigorous private school, so this is. I understand that this may not be everyone's I high school I thought I was experience. exaggerating when I said three hours. No, I wish. three. If I had three hours of homework a night, maybe the one time a year. Oh, my God. It was like a vacation. It was so fun. Then at nine o'clock, I could get into my bed and watch Gossip Girl. It was like the best. It's a vacation. Yeah, no. My, I mean. Well, all right. So, so what a terrible combination of social you media have no idea. and idiotic school policies. Uh, they force sober fun out of your life. Yes, and well, I. Th- so, with my upbringing, my upbringing was so regimented that I think that's in part why I struggle now to allow myself to have time off because I'm I'm used to just constantly working. And I have this weird idea that I'm cheating if I'm taking time off or I'm sl- the better word is I'm slacking. This year, you've got goals and Factor is here to help you achieve each and every one of them. Fuel up fast with ready to eat nutritious meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list. Achieve and maintain your 2023 fitness and diet goals with Factor. Get America's number one ready to eat meal kit and start saving time, eating well and living your best year yet. Too busy to cook? With Factor, skip the trip to the grocery store. Skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up, too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. 
No matter your lifestyle, Factor has delicious flavor-packed meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie-smart, vegan, and veggie, protein-plus options on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all of the ingredients that you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 36-plus sweet smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Want to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready faster than restaurant delivery in just two minutes. Eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor because each meal is prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. You know that your factor meal has all of the ingredients that you want and nothing that you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to select vegan and veggie meals each, each week. Get factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh flavor-packed meals delivered to your door ready in just two minutes. No prep. No mess. Head to factormeals.com slash Julie50 and use the code Julie50 to get 50% off your box. That's code Julie50 at factormeals.com slash Julie50 to get 50% off your box. So, but I want to also address people who may have not had the, the regimented upbringing that I had because that's the majority of, of people my age. I understand I was in, in rarefied environments. I actually, I was talking about this on my show Timeless a few episodes ago, and I had a young woman write into me and say, Julie, I love when you talk about, you know, your, your um, educational experience and, you know, how, how people were so obsessed with getting into college that they didn't have hobbies. You know, I, I always say, how does having an interest in photography help you get into Harvard? It doesn't. You can't put that on your application. You People my age, in, at least in my high school, would only do things that they could put on their college application. Anyway, the, the girl wrote to me and she said, I go to public school in Florida and it is the total opposite you it sounds like at your high school people were too motivated and that's why they didn't have hobbies at my high school people aren't motivated enough and that's why they don't have hobbies they 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 don't do their homework they don't show up to class after school they go to the football field and smoke pot and i think on both sides of the spectrum even though they're they're certainly opposite it reflects a kind of deadening overall where and perhaps the the overlap is is um, the fact that we don't really have role models anymore of full people who live healthy lives and have hobbies like you and have sober fun. But on both sides, maybe for different reasons, we don't have hobbies. But it's a deadening. The deadening is the pot. Well, yes. See, the, I. I've said this on the air since I've been broadcasting. My hatred for marijuana yeah, we, we is visceral. About this. I, I, and I, I'm totally vindicated. It is a goddamn item. And I am sorry if I offended anyone. I hope God damns marijuana. Okay? Uh, it, that, that you don't know how many conservative parents defend it. When I asked, would you rather your child smoke weed or cigarettes 
every parent calling my show virtually. I've done this now. Said for weed? Everyone, including religious, Christian, uh, conservative parents. We talked about this, I believe, two episodes ago, so I, I won't repeat myself, but I know I know I said then, and I'll say it again now, I have seen pot ruin people's lives. Oh, of course. Ruin. Cigarettes don't ruin people's lives. They cut a third of the user's lives short later in life. That's true. It's a real danger. I agree to that. And look, it doesn't have to be an but, either or. Of course not. But I, you know, you yes, like my either course. or I do. Questions. I do like the either or. It lets people establish. Yes. By the way, I've asked it in, in another way. Would you rather the pilot of I your know. jet going going across the country to be uh, while, while, while flying? Would you rather him have a martini or, or weed? Do you think those parents respond that way because they, they never smoked weed? And because, they don't know? no, I'll tell you why. Because health uber alles. We have a new religion in the Western world, health. It's a religion. Well, that makes no sense because uh, marijuana is un- complete. Marijuana- no, no, no. Marijuana affects your brain. Yes, that's but what I you, mean. You can live till 120 oh, with marijuana. Oh, I see what you're saying. Whereas cigarettes, they make they make cut your life short. Yeah, but but affecting your brain is no no. Small it doesn't aside. matter to them. It doesn't matter to them. I mean, I I've seen people like truly become oh I I incapacitated. saw it. I, well of course it's it, that, be- the whole point of it is to be incapacitated. and become crazy. No, I've seen I've seen people become oh nuts okay well then you when know they get off I. the marijuana because really? of the yes oh yeah because of the induced psychosis which is increasingly a, a problem and reported well and, and, and it's way stronger today than when I was a kid. Tell me about it. I know. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, uh, what? Oh, By the I way, I, I want to just develop that theme for a moment and then go back to the extremes question. The, the the religion of health, which I I have said health uber alles, using the fascist German term Deutschland uber alles, Germany above all, and you just fill in the noun instead of Deutschland instead of Germany, and then you know what people worship, and uh, health. Because health uber alles, which I discovered many decades ago, using this example of cigarettes versus uh, marijuana, uh, that is what allowed people to give up all uh, freedom in uh, during COVID. Oh yeah, you want me to lock down? You want me to close my church? You want me to close my business? You want me to wear a mask on my two year? Put a mask on my two year old kid who can can hardly breathe with it on? Of course I will, because health uber alles. Right. The, the, not common sense is dead. Decency is dead. Freedom is dead because health uber alles over all. And I'm, I'm obviously passionate about it. I, I have been passionate about this for at least thirty years. Health is a god, and, and I don't. I, I, it's a. It, the irony. It is produced by secularism because se- because if there's no God, all you have is this life, so you better live very long, as if you won't die. You know, you be healthy enough, you won't die. I mean, it's almost, it's almost idiotic. Uh, but, uh, and I, by the way, I'm pro-health, just, just for the record, I'm pro-health. But it's not uber alles. It's not above all. I'll take freedom above health. Right. I, I'm glad that you brought up secularism, because if I'm, if we can go back just for a moment to the, the extremes that I presented. In addition, you know, I said that the the common uh, theme 
between both was that we don't have good role models. And I, I really think that's true. At my super, you know, competitive, academically rigorous high school, the teachers were, you know, wonderful. I loved my teachers, but they didn't exactly encourage us to have balance in our lives. And then maybe for the girl who wrote to me at her high school, she also perhaps doesn't have good role models of, of people who are encouraging hobbies or balance. But all but I actually think even more than that, the 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 greater overlap is secularism. I actually had a friend from college say to me recently, she goes, you know, Julie, sometimes when I hear you on Dennis and Julie, you kind of uh, you blame a lot of things on secularism. And by the way, guilty is charged. I, I think that so many of our problems today come from that. And I think the hobby uh, or the, the lack of sober fun issue is no different. And I realized that as I became more religious because when you become more religious, you have this sense of enchantment about the world and wonder and awe that makes you appreciate life around you more and want to participate in it. And I think with, without that, you don't, you, you don't want to engage in life as much. For instance, it may sound like a leap, but as we were sitting there looking at uh, fountain pen ink colors, someone <laughs> yeah. listening to this right now right. may think that sounds like the most boring thing in the world to right. look at ink. Right. But we both kind of have this – well, certainly both of us are religious, but we have this sense that that's a part of the beauty, the divine beauty of life. Like we're looking at those how, how could gradations color of color. be boring? Well, to, but Dennis, see, it's a, I'm glad you just asked this because it proves my point. A lot of people do think color is boring. Right. They think it's everything color. is boring yeah, if, it, you're, if you're, if you're it, sober. Yeah, well, and if you're secular. That's because, right. oh, of course we have color because science produced color. But if you have a religious worldview, as we do, you look and you and – and G.K. Chesterton, by the way, argues this so much more eloquently than I'm saying it in his book, Orthodoxy, which I've probably mentioned on this show like 80 times. But I love the book. You, you have a sense of color was created by God and what a, what a gorgeous thing. What a gorgeous part of life. He could have made the world in black and white, but he made it with all these shades of color. And look at them here on this screen in fountain pen ink form. I think having a religious worldview allows you to appreciate life, which in turn makes you want to participate in it, and then you can have more sober fun. Um, um, look. Uh, Do you agree? Uh, uh, well, look, I, I'm the one who just now raised the, the secular issue. Right. You did. It, I, it, 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 secular, well, you know my, my equation. Secularism plus affluence equals boredom. Yep. And true. boredom leads to evil. Always. And it, boredom leads yes. to wanting an escape through substances. That, that's right. Because substances make life exciting. When, again, when you have a religious worldview. Because life, life isn't exciting. Right. You, when you why have, isn't it exciting to, to be with friends? Why, why isn't sober fun having people you really like over for dinner? I really think the key to sober fun is having an appreciation for life. And recognizing that's, that the, the everyday things that you take for granted are opportunities to experience life and not just boring things that we have here. Like friends. People, people just think, oh, well, friends is just a part of life. They don't think, wow, how lucky am I? I, I have said on my happiness hour for decades 
you should date for friends like you dated for a spouse. And I, now, I do. And, now I, and I turned out, unfortunately, quite right, because I am stunned to read the number of people who don't have close friends. Really? Uh, so you're stunned too. Read, yeah. read about it. R- where? Anywhere. Just say, does, does, how many people do not have friends? I mean, Google something like that. It, 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 and especially men. Have you found that in your human laboratory? Your, your yes, radio that's show? how I know about it. So but men would call me up, say, "I, I don't, I don't have, I, I have buddies. You know, I go to, I go to, you know, I don't know, hunting with or fishing with or baseball games, but I don't have, you know, I don't have really close friends." Why do you think that is? I wish I had an answer to that because you are asking someone for, who knew in sixth grade that I wouldn't last in life without friends. I mean, male friends. I, You know, I never sought a female friend. Isn't that interesting? I only sought male friends. I, I tell you, we're, we're very similar. It's been the same with me. Well, I've I think that's healthy. All you And you've met many of my friends. Yes. All of them are females. Yes. It's one of the questions I, I have people ask before they get married. It's on the internet. Questions you should ask before marrying, something to that effect. And one of them is, does the, does the person you're thinking of marrying have friends of the same sex? I was always weary of girls who only had male friends. Yes, you should be. You were right. And but, yes. And honestly, if I think back, most of the girls who only had male friends, they were not great people. Right, I believe that. Yeah, they were kind yes. of... They were catty to other women. They were competitive. They really sought the right. attention well, of males. Well, you can't use your male charm or, or, and you can't use your female charm with the same sex. They see right through it. So it, 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 it's not even usable. They see who you are. Mm-hmm. You can't fool the same sex like you can fool the opposite sex. Go, going back quickly to, to Sean's question about the, the role of social media – God, I really think it's crippled us beyond what we can imagine. Uh, that's right. And I even, I find myself, and as I just said a few minutes ago, I'm really constantly trying to, to steer myself well and develop. I think I, I think I do have good habits now, but I'm just trying to develop, develop even more. And I've really tried to have more sober fun and have more non-digital fun, like playing cards or I don't know, I ordered this kit to like make, uh, it sounds so stupid that I'm saying this, but whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm too deep now. I already started saying it. I bought this castle kit. Do you think I'm crazy? I think it's wonderful. Really? Oh gosh. Shows. I, what, so what, is it, what does it do? Just you like put you, it together? Yeah, you put it together. Is it and my roommate. No, no. It's, um, it's, like, it's uh, almost like cardboard. And they're cutouts that you kind One of put of in the together. One of the deepest people in my life uh, ha- is uh, he's he's ex- extraordinary, and he he's a Catholic. He converted actually from uh, from Protestant, and is a first class mind, first class thinker. Plays the piano like a virtuoso. I mean, he's extraordinary. And what does he do? He builds these phenomenal Legos structures. 
I mean, they're like, they're really works of art. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. History repeats itself, and we're seeing that play out right now with inflation. When Jimmy Carter took office in the late 1970s, gold sold for $140 an ounce. By 1980, the price of gold topped out at $870 an ounce. If today's market performs like it did when Carter was in office, the price of gold could skyrocket from $1,800 an ounce to $9,300 an ounce. This is Julie Hartman for AmFed, Coin, and Bullion. Don't miss out on a great opportunity to purchase precious metals while prices are still stable. If history repeats itself, we may see a run on gold, silver, and platinum that could drive up prices. Be smart and buy now. At AmFed, you're dealing with specialists who provide you with personalized attention, honest information, and sound advice. You won't be pressured into buying outrageously priced so-called collectible coins or anything that you don't need. Take advantage of today's prices by going to Amphed Coin and Bullion. Call 1-800-221-7694 or go to AmericanFederal.com. That's AmericanFederal.com. I, I'm trying to do, again, more, more of this non-digital sober activity. And I find myself like five minutes into my castle building, I, want, I have to look at my phone. And it's, it's oh, weird because that I'm not even logging. What are you looking for? I'm telling you, it's so weird. It's it's like, it's just habitual. I don't know. I, I will tap it to see what time it is, or I'll open it, and then I'll go to my email, and then so I'll So, by s- the way, if you tap it refresh. to see what time it is, here's a, a thought. Wear a watch. Well, I think more, I think what would be, because I'm not really looking at what time it is. I don't, my mind isn't thinking, oh, you need to check the time. It's just... I'm tapping my screen mm-hmm. because I want want to see it light up. I don't even realize I'm doing it. Fascinating. And then I'll go into my phone and I'll refresh my email. And by the way, I notice my roommate does this too. My roommate who I live with in my apartment. And right. I'm not, just to make clear, I'm not referring to my college roommates though. All of my friends, we all, I just see this. How, we'll be at dinner with each other and people will pull out their phones and they're not looking for anything. Even at dinner? Wow. Oh, of course, of course, and they're like on Instagram and and. By the again, way, you're at Shabbat dinner it. often with the my holy dozen. It's and, so fun, and no so nobody is looking at the phone at all at any time. No, and also I, I'm glad that you brought up that those glorious Shabbat dinners because Dennis, I, what I what I want people to know about Dennis is he not only has sober fun even. In the moments where, like, you could drink, you don't. You don't even like alcohol. Right. Even at Shabbat dinner, once a week, you won't drink. When right. he does the prayer, which right. I should know the name of by now. Kiddush. Of course. I was thinking that. I know. I was just holding off. Uh, grape drink. juice, I do. Yeah. Look, well, I'm you not, take a little not, sip of the wine right. and you go, ugh. Yeah, well, I, exactly. I'm not against people drinking. Uh, uh, if you keep If you keep this stuff in check, I have no issue with it. But uh, but you're right. I, I the thought of relying on it, I don't find tuning out to be fun. I mean, I'm the opposite. I find staying alert fun. Well, I think that what I started to ask myself, and what I would encourage people who who find that they rely on substances to ask themselves is, why are you tuning out right now? Try to understand what it is that you are trying to escape. Is it boredom? Is it your own? For me, it was my own thoughts. Address the problem instead of just going back to the vice. That's a very important uh, realization. 
No, they're they're absolutely right. Well, th- that was not on air. So let oh, me yeah. let me re- let me tell people what Sean was saying is when you rely on on this chemical stuff, it 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 produces chemicals which you then rely on for your happiness or your or, or your escape your or whatever in your brain. And Rick, who is also involved uh, in the technical aspect of the show, was nodding, and I and I just learned he he's sober for ten years, so he knows. Congratulations, Rick! Yeah, oh, it is congratulations. It, it is it is an achievement. I I consider sobriety after addiction an achievement oh. that I have never. I don't consider anything I've done to be a greater achievement. Nine books is not a greater achievement than sobriety. I totally agree with you. That's how much I salute these people. And you have, I mean, you've seen it firsthand with That's your son. Right. And yes. You always talk to me about Aaron's friends through AA. Right. Well, th- that's right. Well, he has really now come around to realize, well, there really is sober fun. Oh, wow. And, and, so what does he do for sober fun? Well, I love friends, that. friends are a very big thing. And yeah. he, has a, he has a wonderful wife. And you know, and uh, you you could watch a movie. Movies are sober fun. I mean, it's endless what's sober fun. But I just have to acknowledge my son is an Orthodox Jew. My older son is Orthodox Jew. So, among other things, they don't use electricity on the Sabbath for twenty four hours. And when I am at his house in Florida, and I see my grandchildren using no electricity to entertain themselves for an entire day, the the gift Amazing. that has been given to them. So what do they do for fun? Because kids love fun. They have other kids over. Okay. Just like in, in 1850. And by the way, just I just want to tell the audience, Jack and Daniel, your two grandsons, are such well-adjusted <laughs> kids. They are so cute. I'm not. I'm not just saying. Yeah, this and to by the way, you know, I don't want people to think that these guys, you know, some angels walking around. They're both devilish. They are. Uh, the oh, older so one. Polite. The old. The older one is mastering field goal kicking. That's that's one of his hobbies: fishing and field goal kicking. He goes to a place near his house uh, in Fort Lauderdale, and there there are uprights, and he he kicks. I I. I went with him. He's, he's so cute. He held the door open for me. Did he? Yes. He's tw- What is he, 12? Yeah. I was like, I can't, a 24-year-old uh, won't hold the door open for me, but a 12-year-old will. Wow. Yes, oh, he, yes. my God. I, I, I noted that before <laughs> my son did. So Sean notes that the, uh, we're talking about sobriety and the irony is that I have Jack Daniel for my grandsons. Yes, it is hilarious. I uh, my my son when he named his second son Jack did not realize and I my first thought which is a joke cuz I don't drink. Is that a whiskey? Yeah. Okay, that's that's funny because I never would have thought of that. Now that you say it, I think it's ironic, yeah. but clearly it's more of a male observation. They have they have a big sign up in 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 one of their rooms, Jack Daniel. It is very is adorable. But they're learning and this is a a real gift of not using electricity a day a week. They're learning sober fun. You know what's interesting? I was having this discussion with uh, a few 
uh, girls my age who I was out to dinner with a few weeks ago. By the way, they they work at PragerU. I don't, I don't even know if I told you that I had this dinner with some some. I didn't know. Yeah, they're. I mean, people who work at PragerU are just five star human beings. Right. World class. Uh, people it's actually it's actually like a little creepy like who is there any bad person at prager you <laughs> it's such a you perfected such a um a cohort of, of great people anyway um we were out at dinner and all of us agreed that when we have children we are not going to let them have any devices until they're like 15 years old i have always thought that one day when i I shouldn't say when, hopefully, hopefully, if I have kids, hopefully when I am, they are not getting a phone until they are in their teens. And even when they are young, they're not going to watch TV. They're not going to be able to look at the iPad. None of that. And some may say to me that that is a bit extreme. And I agree, it probably is a bit extreme, but it shows you what no, a reaction. What is extreme is the amount of time they spend on it. That's yes, what's extreme. I know, but but people may say it's extreme to totally deny it to them, as it is extreme to right. have it be no. a part of their everyday lives. I agree. No, I am not going to have them do that. And I would bet you a lot of people my age feel the same way. But interestingly, we don't make a big effort ourselves to wean ourselves off of the technology while we can. Right. Well, I will say, and in my case, the the phone has really one purpose, and it's not fun. It's uh, I thank God for it that I could keep in touch with so many people. Uh, so you're going to pick me up uh, at at the at the airport. Uh, give me your give me your uh, text number. I mean, it's it's so convenient. I mean, it, it's I I love it. And by the way, I text my own kids. We don't always have to speak on the phone. But you don't understand that's that you use it with temperance. You use yeah, it the well, way it I should use, be used. Right. I use it as a means. It's yes. not an ends. That, that's right. And, and and by the way, I think a lot of people are like me. I'm not I'm not bragging or anything. It's not nothing to brag about. It's totally a generational thing. My parents are the same way. That's they right. use it. Well, because well, do your parents have sober fun? Interestingly, my my dad is like you. He doesn't really like the taste of alcohol, and he uh, has. Well, does he have hobbies? He does. Yes. My mom loves Wordle. <laughs> Do you know Wordle? It's, the, it's, it's, a, it's a form of crossword puzzle. Yeah, it's it's on the phone. But she and I both uh, we call ourselves tortured people because we both have the the voice in our heads telling us that we need to work harder. Even if we've yeah, that is torture. Day. It's tortured. Yeah. So my mom and I both kind of need to have a glass of wine to relax. So, but it, maybe it's a male female thing. It, it's a very interesting. Well, question. I don't know. I think there. Are, uh, uh, it's an interesting question. Are there more male or female addicts, uh, or is it e- evenly distributed? Well, I'm not really. I'm not really talking. I mean, that's certainly an interesting question, but I'm not really here talking about addiction. I know you're not. I'm saying, do men have an easier time relaxing and having oh, sober I think fun that's than a women? Very good. Uh, it seems to me that the answer is yes. Me, it would seem to me too. That's a very, very interesting point. I love it. I, again, I'm, I'm men can tune out without. Oh, totally. Without artificial inducements. So Dennis has this line that uh, 
I told my dad, and he loves it. He quotes you a lot. Uh, well, the wife is Sanskrit for flaw finder right, one. Yes. He, he loves. But this one he also loves. Dennis said to me once, he said, if women couldn't get into men's heads. Or get a man's head for a man's brain for a day. She would think, my God, there really isn't a lot going on here. Right. And then you said, but if a man could get into a woman's brain he, he for a day, right. he would shoot his brains out. That's right. He that is totally accu- accurate. Yes, it is. I, I, I know men and women pretty well, and uh, that I am convinced of. That, by the way, so when I talk about men and women at a whole lecture just on men and women, so I know, I know, I go further. So I say, so ladies, you must understand something. When you ask your husband, so honey, what are you thinking about? And he says, nothing. You can trust him. <laughs> I can't. I truly can't fathom that. Uh, of course. What? What is it? I mean, I know it's I know, a stupid I, question. I know, what I is know. it like to think about nothing? Do you just like, is it just it, blank? It, is it it's like sort a- of like my, uh, my basset hound. We sort of stare out. And nothing much is going on. Do you guys? Do you guys? In the, they totally agree with me. Do these you? Guys. Do you also yeah. think about nothing? Right. Thumbs up from Rick. <laughs> How yes. long did you see Alhan? Yes, that's right. Sean said we have to force ourselves to think about something. I have to. For it is. Yes, I know that it is difficult for yeah. me to think about nothing. When right. I go to sleep at night, I am working so hard to think about nothing. Well, you know, when I listen to my classical music, so I'm always asked. Oh, so are you picturing something? Are you imagining something? Are you thinking about something? I asked you that last oh, week when, you, we, when we were oh, listening okay, to perfect. it. Oh, okay, perfect. And the answer is no. I just hear the music. You said it just goes straight to your heart. Yes, and, and, you're not... and my brain. So it's the most powerful thing outside of human relations. You know, I think that's why you you say a lot to me on and off the air, and you don't need to say it to me because I see it every day. You have a ton of energy. I think a lot of it is because you you can you turn your brain off. Yeah, God knows you turn your brain on. Right, I, I, that's a very very good point. But you power it off yes. completely. That's right. It's, there's no overload. Just when you thought it could not get any better, Mike Lindell with My Pillow is launching the My Pillow 2.0. When Mike invented My Pillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The My Pillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original My Pillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature regulating thread. My Pillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For our listeners, the My Pillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with the promo code Hartman. My Pillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square to get the buy one, get one free offer. Enter the promo code Hartman or call 1-800-566-6745 to get MyPillow 2.0 now. Yep. I have a response to that. So what is that? All right, so Sean was just sharing from addictioncenter.com. Men so what does that mean, 11.5%? That percentage of men will will overdose, will become addicted, versus 6% of women? Okay, I have a abuse illicit that. drugs. Okay, so men, according to that, are twice as likely. I actually, I, I, I mean, 
in my observation, that seems right. I, I actually think men more than women, men are more likely than women to become addicted. But in the group that is not addicted, I think that women need to rely on it more oh, to relax that's a, that's than a, men. I, I, that's a very, very good point. And that's a, that's a very important distinction. It is. Well, I'm just thinking. So what can be done? I know I was going to ask that too. Again, I I know that I'm like a, a broken record here, but I think you have to to develop some good habits with this. You have to force yourself. Right. Well, that's true for everything. Every, every everything, everything. The great tragedy. I mean, I've said this so often. I don't. I don't want to. As they say, beat a dead horse. But when people call me up and say, Dennis. So my wife and I are going to have a, our first kid. What's your recommendation? Any any words of wisdom? And I always have the same answer. Yes, just remember to teach your child and for you to know self-control is infinitely more important than self-esteem. The, the, the great division, one of the great divisions between pre-World War II, all through the beginning of America, and post-World War II till today, is that it was a given that you torture child self-control. And then idiocy took over after World War II, true idiocy, that uh, like self-esteem. This is what's most important for your child, but it's not true. Anyway, you can't, there's no such thing, artificial self-esteem has a word for it. It's hubris or arrogance. Artificial self-esteem is, is, is awful for that person and for whoever associates with them. The real self-esteem in life comes from self-control. That's when you get self-esteem. It's so true. It's, it, when, whenever I have sober fun because I controlled myself, I feel good about myself. I go, wow, that was... That was a great thing that you pushed yourself to do. So what do you think about fountain pen inks? Tell, tell I, I must say, um, my wife marveled at how much you enjoyed it. Really? Yeah, she, 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 it cracked her up. I sort of marveled at how much I enjoyed it. I marveled at how much you enjoyed it. I was sure that you, you would say, Dennis, you know, it's just a little boring thing. Let's move on to something. Well, I was just blown away by the colors. I mean, well, exactly. remember, those, remember those purples we were yes, looking at? Yes, I know. And I didn't, I didn't even know that there were... Colors could be oh, that it's an, beautiful, it, as weird as Yes, I as love it may color. Sound. That's why I do color photography. That was another. It's been a lifelong hobby in my life. By the way, it's 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 interesting. My, you don't know this, and you know a lot about me. So when I was 13, and I did no schoolwork, I was already developing hobbies. Shortwave radio listening and photography. We lived 25 minutes from Kennedy Airport. It was then known as Idlewild. And my, uh, I, my father, to his credit, took me to the airport, left me there alone all day at 13, and all I did was photograph airplanes. And why? A, I loved photography, but B, it was my romance. I would see a foreign airline and think, wow. That's what I want to do one day, fly to that country. Or I would see United Airlines, American Airlines, and think, wow, where is that going? Detroit. I've never been to Detroit. It was so exciting. And then he'd take me home. 
By, by the way, he left me there all day, which parents today leave a 13-year-old at an airport all day. I'm not even sure that you're allowed to do that. Or No, you're not. You, you can't get Which past. is terrible. I mean, I flew alone at 7. We, my parents did not fill out a single form. All they did is drop me off at the plane. They saw me to the gate, which you could do in those days. Even if you didn't have a ticket, you could see somebody off. Bye, Dennis. Have a good flight. I mean, it's it's a bad thing that we live in a world where we have to have such security, but I'm glad we do. That, well, I, I well, don't know sorry, that I'm, we. I'm I don't not, know that we have to. I'm not sure. Oh, I think we. Gosh, I, I think we really do. I was reading. Um, I was reading one of the papers recently, and they summarized the TSA seizures in the past year. I didn't even realize that so many people try to do crazy stuff at airports. Like what? Oh, my gosh. They, I think there was an instance at JFK uh, in December where someone tried to sneak in, like, a gun, but but uh, divided the – like, basically disassembled the gun and put it in different suitcases. I was just reading about instances of – oh, someone tried to smuggle you, in, Right, but like, what does that have to do with sending your seven-year-old? I'm saying that now airports don't let you go through unless you are getting on the plane because it's... Oh, that's, I'm fine with that. I just... Uh, I, I used to bring... So what is the seven-year-old going to do? Just go stand in the area before security? Okay, I understand. Because the parents can't... Well, but you can. Parents can accompany. You can get... You, ha- you have to get it at, 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 at one of the airline desks, but you can... Go through if you're not flying, right? But you have to be with some. You have to be yes. accompanying someone who okay. is flying. Yes, that's fine. So uh, that answers the question. But you you don't know. But you wouldn't know. There would be no reason. I know this because I I brought a nephew of mine uh, to to visit us each year for for a week from New Jersey, and the amount of forms he had to fill out and we had to fill out and. Uh, he had to be supervised by a flight attendant, accompanied off the plane by a flight yeah. attendant. When I was a kid, when I was seven, you didn't have to do what a 15-year-old has to do today. Well, a lot of that is because there are more creepos. I, I don't think so. Really? A lot of it is because people are more afraid. We live We live in an age of fear. We live in an age that's the helicopter parent doing things. Why? When I look, this should really interest you because you're you're almost a professional swimmer, or were. You're now a happier human being. But uh, in any totally. event, uh, did, did did you know that diving boards were legal in California when I was a kid? You mean in private homes? In private homes. Yeah, you you told me this. This is crazy. You're right. And now they're now they they are. Oh, illegal. they've been illegal for most of my my adult life. That's that to me. The the supervision of a fifteen year old on a plane is part of you must not you cannot have a diving board. Right, but then on the on the other hand, of course, you can have uh, puberty blockers and gender transition oh, right. surgeries that's, when you're twelve. That's so right. that's the the morally confused world that we live in. I'm really glad though that you that you brought up uh, this this hobby of yours when you were younger because you asked a few minutes ago what can be done about this issue and I responded for the 80th time this broadcast, that you have to develop good habits. But also, I think a part of it is seeing other people who have good hobbies allows gives you some ideas. Like when I was at your house, I would have never, ever, ever thought to 
consider when I try out hobbies looking at fountain pen ink. But the fact that I was just at your house that day when you were doing it and I saw it and I went, oh, this is kind of cool. It's opened this new world for me, not just with looking at fountain pen ink specifically, but now I, I, uh, I browse art online. Um, I just look up like beautiful paintings on Google and I just click through them and see which ones I like and see which ones I don't. And now I have more of an eye towards the color or I was even Googling the other day, different color palettes. Like you, you know, seeing your example gave me some inspiration. So I think, I think people talking about things that interest them, give others ideas on that note. I want to ask the lovely individuals in our control room. I've never asked you guys this question. What are some of your hobbies? Video games, Sean. He's he's cracking himself up, but it's probably his his true. hobby is cracking himself up. His his dogs, yes. His dogs. Uh, annoying me is a big big one on his. You're list. confirming my yeah. mother's. Confirming uh, what? You're confirming my mother's idea of you that you hate Sean. For those of you who don't oh, get the that's reference, hilarious. My mom said said to me one time. I came home from work and she goes, Julie. Oh my god. Why does Dennis hate Sean so much? You love him. You always talk about yeah, how great Sean, he is. Sean, why do I hate you so much? <laughs> There's got to be a reason. Sean's cracking up. I don't... I, actually, I hate Sean and deeply dislike Rick. Because if, any, <laughs> if anybody is dislikable, it's Rick. The guy radiates anger. You know who I dislike the most? Huh. Alejandro. Alejandro's another one. I mean, the whole crew here. Zach's pretty That's bad That's why as well. you love working with men, because this is a great quartet. <laughs> yeah. Alejandro. What, what is that? What is my thing about Colombians? Why did I have it? NC what? NCNB. No Colombian, no broadcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's also, our view. Also, it shows how this, this show is coming full, full circle. I started off by saying how much I enjoy working with men. Another reason why I enjoy working with men is you guys, and it proves the point that I was making in the middle. You guys do have more fun, sort of. You allow for more fun on a daily basis than than women do. It is do. impossible to imagine. They horse around five like, women at doing a national broadcast. No. I mean, this is serious work. Of course, it is. Just having a lark half the time. Oh, you guys, you're right. At, at home, you have no idea how how much shenanigans that's correct goes on yes. before and it's it's so fun huh yeah look that's a great one look at how much fun they have on the view it's such oh a good point oh my god yeah the the uh each sex brings its advantages and disadvantages and we'll do some of the disadvantages <laughs> on another Dennis and Julie yes we will i can't tell you how much uh, this has opened up to me the sober fun concept that this is a very very serious issue I'll tell you what it's related to as well remember I said boredom uh, excuse me secularism plus affluence equals boredom yeah which is a, f- a fact it just a, it's a fact it's not not a dentist theory and boredom is undone by excitement there is a massive premium on excitement. And 
that's uh, that's a very serious problem. It's one of the reasons so many people your age don't look forward to getting married. I was just it's, about to say that. It doesn't sound exciting. Getting married, having kids, going to church. Right. Is following not, the law. That's right. Is boring it, to it, them. That's, that Little is do they know that that is, as I like to say, the infrastructure that you have to build a full life. Yes, exactly. A full and exciting life. Relying on adrenaline, that's what it really amounts to, relying on adrenaline. You know, that's... That's what, by the way, this bugs them about religion. Religion doesn't seem to be an adrenaline producer. Religion has given me more adrenaline than anything in my life. I swear to God, as weird as that sounds. Because reading the stories... I think they're really fun and and interesting. And as I was arguing earlier, it's allowed me to look at life through more a more exciting lens because I view a lot of things as divine or miracles or. Well, I have another uh, a related theory. Yeah. I don't know what's more fun, and this will sound this would sound like to many in your generation is weird. There is very little in life that is more fun. There is nothing, maybe, than learning. And I have an interesting proof. I used my father as an example on the air. My dad died at 96, and his last years were, were, were his really only unhappy years because my mother had died earlier, and he, they were together for 72 years. How did they meet, by the way? Sorry to cut They you off. met, believe it or not, at a religious Jewish dance. An Orthodox Jewish dance. That's so cute. It's totally cute, but it's also very interesting because there would be no such thing as an Orthodox Jewish dance today. today, no. Anyway, uh, it's another issue for another time. And what did he do most of the time he read? And I remember thinking, he knows he's not here for a long time. But to the last minute, learning is fun. I could see if I knew at X amount of time and I uh, I would read or I would learn th- through some other way. Learning is extremely exciting even. That's why it's such a shame what has happened in schools. Of course, uh, you know, the woke stuff is, is a category unto itself. Right. But more broadly, th- there's been... As John Agresto, a guest who I had on my show, Timeless, argued a, the death of learning because teachers, especially in humanity subjects, have overly professionalized and academicized uh, the, the material, specifically literature. Right. Who, who reads literature after high school? Or very after few college, people. Very you few people. It. Right. And it's because when you're when you're in the classroom, and I and I found this. When you open, you know, a book, the 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 teachers identifying this is an instance of alliteration. This is this is a simile. This is a metaphor. Well, it's, uh, let's it's focus even, on yes, this symbol for uh, thirty five minutes. It's worse than that, in my opinion. You read for a test. Oh well, you read for yes. a grade. Well, exactly. You read for and also teachers. And John Agresto writes about this very eloquently in his book, which I know you ordered because I, uh, I spoke right. so highly of it. John Agresto writes that uh, that. Teachers now, they make books just, they reduce them to just a commentary of the time. Like, Heart of Darkness is an exploration of imperialism. 
in Africa. Nathaniel Hawthorne's Scarlet Letter uh, is a commentary on the sexist that is Puritan. A brilliant point, isn't it? Therefore, irrelevant to you. Thereville, and he he writes it so much better than I could say it now. But oh, he says, is that when brilliant. you reduce? And this of is course. what they're doing in schools. Then why you, read anything? When you reduce these these authors to their time and yes, place, it right. otherizes them. It well, puts it puts a. That's why the people who laugh at me over my Bible commentaries. Oh, Prager, he, he thinks I'm going to learn something from a 3,000-year-old book? That's, I mean, that's so stupid to me. That is the most stupid comment in the world to me. Because you do, you learn from the fact that it's a 3,000-year-old yes. book. It's endured for 3,000 years. Right, because it's rooted in human nature, yes. which hasn't changed in 3,000 years. And it's 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 really, I think all of this is related. Because in schools, it, everything is just a political commentary or it's for a test. And, and they have made life and literature and learning a desiccating experience. They have sucked the life out of it. Well, so no wonder we don't have hobbies. Yeah. Well, this has really been something I I just ask everybody listening or watching to ask yourself, what is your sober fun? Do you rely on chemicals uh, to... Substances. Substances. I I use chemicals deliberately, but of course I mean substances. And please write to me. What's my email, Dennis? Your email is julie at juliehartman-hartman.com. You were close, which makes me think that you you know it. So do you want to say it correctly? That's the best I can do. Julie at Julie-Hartman.com. I'm very interested to hear. Wait a minute. That's what I said. No, that, he is such That's a what fool. I said. You, you said. No, I. I he oh, does please. This. You guys. <laughs> you guys are, you? are giving me a hard time for no good reason. You guys are. When I said Dash Hartman, I was correcting the original one. Oh, right. Yes. Oh, please. Okay, everyone, this is a good segue. Follow you us. You think I had? I think that her thing is Julie Hartman, do Julie Dash Hartman? Well, oh. you should have been more clear. I'm pretty clear. I get Mr. paid for clarity. clarity. Yes, Clarity exactly. over agreement. This is a good segue to please follow us at Dennis Julie Pod, and you will see many videos on that Instagram page of Dennis denying that he says things when he did. Like, remember when I was counting the almonds, and I said there were 14 almonds, and you went, she's right. And then I said, oh, my God, I was right. And then you go, I didn't say you were right. It's a video. Look it up. She's with Dennis on this one. Sean knows. You just call it. What did you say, Sean? You just called Sean she. She declares her own rightness. Oh, yes, I did. I said, I'm right. And then Dennis, uh, eh, no, Sean, no, you are eh, so eh, F-O-S. Eh, yes. You are so F-O-S. Audience, watch this. And everyone will side with me. I said I was right. You repeated By the you way, were right. F-O-S right. is full of sobriety for anybody who is listening. <laughs> just wanted to make that clear. Thanks for being with us. Shalom.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.